0: Welcome to Experience This, the podcast that celebrates remarkable customer experiences and inspires you to stand out from the competition by
1: wowing your customers. Each episode, we bring you a healthy dose of inspiring stories, funny interactions, and practical takeaways. Marketing and customer experience thought leader, Dan Gingus shares the mic with customer retention and employee experience expert
0: Joey Coleman, helping you to get people talking about your business.
1: So get ready, because it's time to experience this.
0: Get ready
1: for another episode of the Experience This Show. Join us as we discuss... Getting back to basics when everything else isn't working. How changing the rules can inspire creativity and innovation. And the state of local businesses in a post-COVID world. Clothing, catchers, and communication. Oh, my. There are so many great customer experience articles to read, but who has the time? We summarize them and offer clear takeaways you can implement starting tomorrow. Enjoy this segment of CX Press, where we read the articles so you don't need to. Today's CX Press comes
0: to us from The Wall Street Journal and author Suzanne Kapner, who wrote an article called Back to Basics at JCPenney. The subhead is... The 120-year-old retailer chased new customers. It didn't work. New boss Mark Rosen wants a renewed focus on loyal buyers who already shop there. The company's fortunes took a turn for the worse when it did away with discounts and scaled back popular private label brands, alienating core customers. In 2016, JCPenney brought back appliances a category that they had exited in 1983 in a bid to win shoppers back from the ailing Sears. That strategy backfired. Later, and I'm quoting, it tried to woo millennials, appliance buyers, and even yoga enthusiasts, unquote. But the chain filed for Chapter 11 bankruptcy in 2020. It now has roughly 650 stores down from more than 1,600 In its heyday, the new CEO Mark Rosen has a goal to, quote, once again, make JCPenney a destination for people who want affordable curtains, mattresses and silverware, as well as clothes for work or leisure. He also wants to create more beauty products for a wider range of skin tones and improve JCPenney's online shopping experience. The journal goes on to say that JCPenney's typical customers have a median household income of $50,000 to $75,000 and are one-third Black, Indigenous, and people of color. According to Mr. Rosen, quote, The biggest difference this time is we are loving those who love us, unquote. So, Joey, what do you think of this novel concept of focusing on our existing customers, instead of trying to woo new ones. It's
1: a brand new idea. Revolutionary, innovative. No, you know, (laughs) a couple thoughts on this. Number one, I feel like there's got to be a joke in there somewhere along the lines of a millennial, an appliance buyer, and a yoga enthusiast walk into a JCPenney's. Just kidding. It was closed. But, you know, it's one of those things where I... Love that they're getting back to the basics. I love that they're focusing on folks that already love them. I am curious as to why it took so many years, not like a couple quarters, years to figure out that they should just take care of the people that were already buying there.
0: Well, I think it comes down to, I mean, first of all, they obviously have new management, and I think this new CEO has really you know got things under control and and kind of understands the the goal here but i think it comes down to this idea of so many companies are chasing the shiny objects and often in in retail at least the shiny objects amazon and so they're trying to out amazon amazon which i often say is the worst strategy you can have because amazon's the best at what they do for a reason But can we learn from Amazon? Can we learn from the fact that Amazon always tries to make things easier and more convenient and that that concept is something we can bring into our stores? Absolutely. Can we learn from the fact that JCPenney was built on this idea of affordable and of certain items in their store that that people expect to find in a JCPenney? You don't expect to find a yoga studio there. like That's just out of place. Could you find a yoga studio in, say, a Lululemon store? Sure, that makes sense. There's a connection there, but JCPenney, not so much. And so, while, you know, a joke aside, the reason I picked this article is I was really impressed because I think it it is difficult to come into a new organization, as Mr. Rosen did, and say, look, we got to cut this stuff out. This is who we are. Let's embrace who we are. We're not a high-end retailer that focuses on yoga and lattes. That's not who our audience is. And so let's cater to the people who got us to where we've been. And I don't know if you noticed at the beginning of this I mentioned it's a 120-year-old retailer, so it's not like they don't have a a history that
1: they can lean back on. Dan, I think you are so right as usual. One of the things that never ceases to amaze me is how many organizations miss the importance of deciding what not to do. I think all too often we find ourselves in these meetings or these strategy conversations or planning for the next year. And it's like, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? What are we going to do? What's the new audience we're going to go after? What's the new product we're going to have? How are we going to market new and interesting and creative ways? Instead of saying, what are the things that we did last year? Are we going to stop doing? And being willing to eliminate aspects of your business that either aren't working well or maybe just aren't working as well as they could be or they should be or just to free up space for your team to focus on something else. I think when you know you were sharing the, the elements of the story of all the things they added and it's like, we don't have appliances. No, just kidding. We're bringing the appliances back and we don't have private label brands. Oh, just kidding. We're bringing about and the back and forth. It's confusing to somebody reading an article. I can't imagine how confusing it was to somebody who that was their go-to place to shop. And so I think there's something to be said for consistency. But I also think there's something to be said for paring down the number of things you offer and getting really good at them instead of just how many more things can we add to the mix.
0: Yeah, I totally agree. And there's this idea of remembering that our existing customers are the ones that keep the lights on. They're the ones that pay our salary. They're the ones that are keeping us in business, literally, if you're a retailer. And if we forget about them, because we're so focused on bringing new people in, I think the key word in what I read earlier is alienating. That they made these changes that alienated their existing customers. So those customers who feel like they're not valued, pick up and where do we think they go, ladies and gentlemen, but to a competitor of JCPenney, right? And so instead, when we focus on our existing customers, and we learn what they want, that helps to dictate what we do next. And so instead of this whole, let's try this, let's try that... We can talk to our existing customers, hear what they want us to do, and that gives us ideas on how to progress and get more customers that are like those people. So hey, JCPenney, I hope that Mark Rosen is the answer and that you guys are headed in the right direction. I will tell you from this Wall Street Journal article, it certainly seems that you are. And I'm okay if I never see another yoga studio in JCPenney. As long as I can walk in and see what I expect from JCPenney, which is what they've done for 120
1: years. We love telling stories and sharing key insights you can implement or avoid based on our experiences. Can you believe that this just happened?
0: Listeners, you may already know, if you've been listening for a while, that both Joey and I are big fans of the Savannah Bananas Baseball Club and their owner, Jesse Cole. In fact, we covered them originally in Season 4, Episode 71, where Joey talked about his experience going to the game with his family. Let's go, Bananas! It was crazy. And then uh, recently, in Episode 159, in this season, where Joey talked about the drain covers that were added to the stadium because some enterprising worker identified that they were old and rusty and needed to be replaced. So I was listening to my favorite radio station in the car the other day, Joey, which happens to be MLB
1: Network Radio. Now, you do need to say for folks that don't know, MLB refers to Major League Baseball. I know Dan well enough to know that to him, that acronym is synonymous with fun and this time of year. But there may be some listeners that aren't familiar with MLB Network Radio.
0: Thank you for saying that because we do try to explain all acronyms here on this show. Anyway, I turned on the station and they were in the middle of a conversation, and I heard the host mention a man in a yellow tux. Now, even though Joey, I'm guessing that MLB Network is not your favorite radio station, I'll bet you know who they were talking about.
1: Well, friends, they were not talking about the man with the big yellow hat because that would be Curious George's friend. No, indeed. They were talking about our good friend and friend of the show, Jesse Cole, owner of the Savannah Bananas, the only man that I know of on the planet who owns seven yellow tuxedos, one for every day of the week. Indeed. And his uh, first book called
0: Find Your Yellow Tux. I think we've also talked about on the show at some point. So obviously, uh, being the baseball fan that I am, being the friend of Jesse Cole that I am, and frankly, being the customer experience guy that I am, I had to call into the show, which is something I've maybe done twice in my life. And I actually got On air,
1: boom! Congratulations, buddy! It was our first-time caller.
0: Super exciting, Yeah, Jesse. If you're listening, all I had to do was drop your name and say I was a friend, and Uh, these people
1: are like, "Oh, the the real Jesse Cole." Let's talk to his friend. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna try that some other places see if it gets me in. Get you a table at a nice restaurant. You know, hey, I know Jesse Cole.
0: Well, anyway, on the air, I got to a chance to laud two of Jesse's mantras that we've talked about here that I just love. The first is his fans first mentality. So everything that the Bananas do, they do it with fans in mind. And if it's good for the fans, it's good for business. And if every company would just follow that mantra, I think we'd all have better experiences. And then the second thing, which you covered very well with the Drain covers, is that great ideas can come from anywhere. And the Bananas have implemented ideas that have come from Jesse up at the top down to the summer intern. And no, not every idea works out. But if you're not afraid to fail, then there's a new learning every time. And you're much more likely to, please forgive the reference, hit a home run. So I kept listening. And the guy who called in after me had just attended an away game of the Bananas. And his young son described it as the best baseball game he had ever been to.
1: Now, how's that for word-of-mouth marketing? You know, in many ways, you can't pay for that kind of marketing and advertising. And yet, everything that Jesse and the Bananas organization does is designed to create those type of feelings, those type of reviews, those type of testimonials. I love every bit of this. You know, when I first met J- Jesse, and we were both speaking at an event, we hung out a little bit and we talked. And I, I learned more about the bananas. And then I took a trip, and, and you to, felt
0: underdressed. I felt underdressed.
1: I felt like I had not nearly enough yellow on. And uh, I, we, my family took a trip down to watch a bananas game and participate, and it was amazing. And Jesse said something to me that I've never forgotten. He said, "I want people to describe this as." I was at the circus and a baseball game broke out as opposed to I was at a baseball game and it felt like the circus. And his entire attitude is this idea of how can we just keep bringing more and more fun to the game? And I know one of the things he's done with this new away game setup that they're doing and kind of some of their new ideas is to eliminate the... not, I'm sorry, Dan the non-exciting aspects of baseball. And there are definitely some non-exciting aspects of baseball. And to take any time where it's dragging or lagging or not exciting or not interesting and remove that and replace it with something a lot more interesting. Well, I'm so glad you brought
0: this up because it turns out the reason why the MLB Network radio hosts were talking about the Savannah Bananas was that two of their upcoming games were being shown to a national audience on ESPN Now, that is the streaming service that comes along with a paid ESPN.com subscription.
1: That's not ESPN, the Ocho, right? That's something different? I don't know if it's the Ocho
0: or not. I'm not sure. There was the Deuce and there was... I don't know. I, I lost track of how many. But in other words, the Bananas were finally going national. Now, I watched one of the games and it was really fun. And one of the big reasons was all of the changes that they made to the actual game of baseball. But Dan, I'm horrified. You're a baseball purist. I am. And I specifically talked to Jesse about this when I interviewed him for my book, The Experience Maker, because... I wondered about what baseball purists would think of the bananas. And and he was very upfront about it. And he basically said, that's not our target audience. (laughs) I love it. I love it. He's just
1: like, we really don't care what the baseball purists think. Pretty much. Well, so But here
0: I am. I am a baseball purist. It is my favorite sport. I look forward to it every year. I look at the NFL season as nothing but a bridge between baseball seasons. I love baseball. And yet, I watched this game... And I loved it, and so I did a little research, and uh, and and they shared a lot of this on ESPN Plus, but I did a little research to come up with the things that they the the rules of the game. So none of the stuff that they do I, we've we've covered multiple times on the show all the fun things they do in the stands and the 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 you know senior citizen cheerleaders and all those great things. That would be the banana nanas. The banana nanas. don't remember yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yes, all of that is great. I wanted to focus only on the baseball. And so I looked at the rules and I want to talk about them because I think what is the really interesting conversation here is you take something like baseball. Hey, we just talked about JCPenney. who was around for 120 years. Baseball's been around for more than that. And there's still an opportunity to innovate. There's still an opportunity to change, to make it more fun, to, to eliminate the boring parts. And I think, you know, maybe they're not entirely there yet, but I think they have made an unbelievable amount of progress towards fixing some of the things that frankly, Major League Baseball can't fix. And I love these ideas. So hey, if you're a baseball purist like me, I don't want you to break out into hives because some of these things are a little crazy. But the idea is, what if all businesses thought this way? What if we just said, you know what? They've done it this way for 150 years, but forget it. We're going to do something different. And that's what the Bananas have done. So number one, every inning counts. The team that gets the most runs in an inning gets a point for that inning. So if you win the inning... You get the point,
1: which makes it exciting as the game is going along. You're not just waiting for the end of all the innings. You're getting this excitement that, boom, points are being accumulated as you go and you're winning the innings. I love it. You know, the other thing they did, number two, they created a two hour time limit. So if the game is tied at the end of two hours, because let's be candid, after two hours, no one's having fun anymore. Not the players, not the fans, not the umpire, no one. If the game is tied after the end of two hours, the game goes into a showdown to determine the winner. Now, what is a
0: showdown, you might ask? I'm glad you asked that. Each team picks one pitcher and one hitter to face off. The defensive team only has the pitcher, the catcher, and one fielder. If a hitter puts the ball in play, he has to score and make it home to get a point. If the ball is put in play, the pitcher and the fielder are allowed to chase the ball and throw it to the catcher for a play at the plate. If the pitcher strikes him out, then he gets him out or he gets him out before scoring, then he doesn't get the point. Now think about this. You have this giant field and you have one pitcher and one other player trying to scramble to get the ball. It's fun. It's exciting. It is something that people want to watch versus an extra inning game that goes 13, 14, 15, 21, 22 innings, right? And people now, granted, I love extra inning games because I'm a baseball purist, but I get it. People are like tuning out by that time. So I think that part is brilliant.
1: Absolutely. You know what I love about this idea, Dan? It reminds me of being a kid. It's nostalgic. Like, I don't know about you, but I remember playing baseball with my siblings and being in a situation where we had one batter we had one pitcher, and there's like one kid in the outfield. And we're trying to figure out games to play. And so as I'm hearing you describe the showdown, I'm thinking that there are a lot of people watching this game who have tried to play baseball with less than nine people in the field. And so it's kind of fun to get that experience of what would it look like to have to run around like crazy and catch. There's a lot of other cool things they have. No bunting, For example, they believe that bunting, and I'm quoting here, quote, sucks. If a batter bunts, they're thrown out of the game. That's the end of the story. Batters can steal first base, something I've been hoping to see my entire career of watching baseball games. So if a passed ball or a wild pitch happens during any pitch of an at-bat, the batter can take off to first. And if they get there before the ball does, woohoo, they stole first. They
0: also got rid of two things that very much slow down the game. They don't allow the batter to step out of the box. It becomes a strike if they do. And they don't allow anyone to visit the mound. The the, the manager can't, the catcher can't, no other player can. It's just simply not allowed. And so these are great ideas to get the, the, the game moving. There are two other ideas that I want to share that really are my favorite things. And these are the ones where I feel like, man, this is pretty different but it's awesome. The first is that there are no walks allowed. So if the pitcher throws ball four, the batter doesn't walk to first base. They sprint. (laughs) And the reason why they do this is because they can run to as many bases as they can before, ready for this, every defensive player on the field has to touch the ball and then it becomes live, and they can throw the batter out. And so much as you have the idea of the showdown of like, you know, the the only th- two fielders in the field and how and the chaos that is, imagine having to have all the players on the field have to touch the ball before they can even throw them out. It's just comical, right? And it's fun. And it means that instead of just a guy walking to first base, it's like, You're now rooting for walks because walks are fun. And that's where you know you're onto something when people are kind of hoping for the thing that nobody ever hopes for. The last idea that they came up with has got to be the best. And it absolutely meets Jesse's criteria of being fan first. The rule is, if a fan catches a foul ball, it's an out.
1: That is incredible. So cool. So cool for so many reasons. I mean, I am not a big baseball watcher and yet I've seen plenty of those blooper reels where like a fan interferes with catching the ball and then there's the scandal of like, oh, what was the fan doing? Because the player's trying to jump into the stands and catch a ball or something like that. Not to mention most people who go to the ballpark love the idea of catching a foul ball for the idea that, oh, good, I'll be able to take this home as a souvenir or a prize and I got a real piece of the game. But what is it like when your moment of catching the ball impacts the game on the field? And so like, if it's your team is up to bat, are you trying not to catch the ball or to like knock the ball away from other well, people? Joey,
0: actually, so in the rule, it says just don't catch a banana's foul ball cuz if you catch one from the home team <laughs> then they get an out. Yeah, so you do I mean, it's only want to catch it. You want to catch it if it's the opposing team. But like, look, I uh, the reason I wanted to talk about this again, I love baseball and I'm always going to love, you know, we'll call it I don't want to call it real baseball, but we'll call it traditional Italy baseball. Traditional Italy baseball maybe. But I love what they're doing not just in the circus atmosphere of going to a game but in actually trying to experiment with making the game of baseball better. So the takeaway is don't be afraid to try something different in your business, especially if the answer is, it's always been that way. That's your immediate signal that it's time to start thinking differently. You never know when you might be able to get your customers to go bananas.
1: Okay. Hey, everyone, let's get this meeting started. Oh, hey, hang on a second there, Todd. I'm just going to finish up an email real quick. One eternity later.
0: Okay, we really need to get going here, so I'm going to start. Rhonda, are you on the line? Rhonda? Uh, Rhonda, we can hear you typing. Uh, maybe you could go on mute.
1: Okay, let's get started. Uh, sorry, guys. That. Yeah, yeah, that's my dog barking. Hang on, let me check. Okay, well, we seem to have lost Frank. Rhonda, how about you? You ready to go? Pierre has joined the meeting. Bonjour, what did I miss? Hi, Pierre. We actually
0: haven't started yet because... Rhonda, is that you? Can you please turn off your notifications?
1: Is that your doorbell, Pierre? Uh, oui, I've been waiting for the experience make-a-book to arrive. Um, do you have to go get that now? Oui, oui, Un moment. As hybrid work environments become more common, holding high-quality virtual meetings is becoming even more challenging. With 40 to 50% of workers expected to be working remotely at least a portion of the time, the opportunities for distractions are endless. Even in-person meetings are fraught with distractions such as email and chat messages, let alone squirrels running around outside. The team at Mitel are experts in creating the right culture and experience for employees regardless of location. Their tools, technologies, and thought leadership on remote and hybrid working solutions make it easy for your teams to focus on the task at hand, making meetings more efficient for everyone. Take a few minutes to visit mitel.com/experiencethis and download "Making Meetings Better in the Hybrid Workplace," a new ebook that will help you rethink how collaboration should work in this new environment. Visit mitel.com. That's mite lcom this and make your meetings more focused with fewer distractions. Surveys, reports, studies, and reviews. There are some great resources that look at consumer behavior to find emerging trends and established patterns. We dig through the data and bring you the key takeaways in this edition of Inside the Numbers.
0: After a long couple of years filled with pandemic changes and uncertainty, it finally appears as if things are settling down a bit in 2022. Our friends at Podium, the experts in SMS communication tools, and SMS is
1: short messaging service, I think, basically. texting to all you kids that might not know it by its acronym name. Yes. So uh, Podium surveyed
0: 1,304 consumers and 923 business respondents across the United States, Canada, and Australia for their annual state of local business report. Now, this report details what companies can expect from customers this year, how to increase operational efficiency, and how to retain employees
1: in the midst of a turbulent marketplace. Now, here are a few of the key insights from this year's report. Number one, businesses are investing in tech to assist their employees. With staffing and hiring top of mind this year and into next, 75% of businesses report purchasing technology to help their teams work more efficiently. Big key insight number two, convenience equals repeat business and referrals. According to the data, today's consumers look for ease of doing business, second only to price as a key differentiator of local businesses. And key insight number three, consumers actively seek out local business solutions. Nine out of 10 consumers go out of their way to do business locally. So local businesses should lean into what their customers prize them for, being local. Absolutely. I love
0: that because so many
1: stores, again,
0: as I've said before, they're trying to be Amazon. But don't be Amazon. Amazon's Amazon. They've already carved out that space. If you're a local store, do what you do best. Be part of the community. Know your customers. Be local. I think it's such a great takeaway. There were some other stats that I thought were really interesting, including that 85% of local business owners said they were very or somewhat optimistic about 2022, which is awesome to hear. And as you mentioned, ease of doing business is top of mind for local consumers. 60% say that it is a top reason for them to repeat their business. 57% say it's a top reason for them to refer friends and family. And 54% say it's a top reason they choose to work with a local business. That's a lot of people. That's a majority of customers that are saying, as long as it's easy to do business with you, I want to come to your store, I want to tell other people about it, and then I want to come back. Sounds like a pretty good combination. Also, I thought it was interesting that local businesses reported their own three top differentiators. So when, we, when they asked local businesses, what differentiates you? They answered 79% said their reputation. We could take that for whatever it means and it may mean different things to other people. Seventy-four percent said customer experience, woohoo, woo-hoo! and sixty-nine percent reported their
1: expertise as being a top differentiator. You know, Dan, one of the things I enjoyed in this report was they asked local businesses to rank their top challenges of twenty twenty-one. So, kind of looking back at last year, what were the things you struggled with the most? And What I found particularly interesting was the same things that you were reading about in the news that kind of quote unquote corporate America was dealing with, your Main Street local business was dealing with as well. Some of their top ones included number one, staffing and hiring. This bodes well for this idea of focusing on employee experience, friends. Number two, supply chain and inventory. It affected every business, regardless of whether you were big, small, or in between. Number three, COVID-related restrictions and protocols. No one was excited about these and they made it difficult to do business. So definitely a huge challenge that all businesses, especially local ones, had to deal with last year. Number four, managing increased demand. What's interesting, as more people were at home and weren't spending their money maybe going out to eat or going on vacations, they had more dollars to spend and a lot of folks focused on buying things at local stores. So there was a associated increase in demand as well. By, and last By but, the way, that's a good challenge to have. It's a quality problem, as they yeah. like to say, right? And last but not least, one that uh, was a pro- big challenge in 2021, I would posit is going to be a big challenge in 2022 and pretty much in every year for the foreseeable future, which is changing customer expectations. Your customer's beliefs are evolving, their requirements are evolving, their expectations are evolving. And while that definitely makes it harder to be in business, it's also an opportunity for your business to stand out in the crowd by your adaptability to those customer expectations. Yes. Adaptability. Good
0: word. I was going to use flexibility, but I think adaptability is even better. So to close it out, there were two interesting uh, pieces of the study that talked about marketing and marketing channels. And as uh, listeners well know, we have a recovering lawyer on the podcast. We also have a a recovering marketer on the podcast. And so I was particularly drawn to this. The first was that local businesses were asked which of the following marketing tactics were very effective or extremely effective. Now, the ones that didn't score so well out of home advertising, sponsorships, direct mail, radio, newspaper, TV, email marketing that's not terribly surprising, right? A lot of those I think you could put under the category of old school. So what did score really well? Well, 57% of local businesses said social media was very effective or extremely effective. At first, I was surprised about this because I have never been a big believer in social media as a marketing channel. I, I love it as a servicing channel and an engagement channel, but not so much as a marketing channel. But I do think for local businesses, it's great because you can target... In a very small area, a zip code or a little town, you can join community forums. And I think it's a great place to engage with people. Digital advertising was at 59%. SEO and marketing, that's search engine optimization marketing. So being on Google and being in other places was 65%. And I know this is going to be a shocker to all listeners of the experience of this show, but the number one marketing tactic that was listed as very effective or extremely effective by local businesses. Word of mouth or
1: referrals. Yes, people. Shocker.
0: Shocker. Absolutely. That's how we grow our business, no matter whether you're local, national, or international. The last stat I wanted to share, admittedly, given the business they're in, I think podium had, you know, some interest in this stat coming out the way it did, but I thought the stat was still shocking. So they looked at the average open rate and average click-through rate of email a old-school channel, and SMS marketing, a new-school channel for which Podium is known. Now, email's average open rate, they reported, was 18%. That means 18% of the people that you send it to actually open it, and only 3% click through it. Can you guess what it was for SMS marketing? This is texting to people's phones. 98% open rate and a 19% click-through rate. And by the way, don't worry that that 19% is still low because most messages that are sent are usually informational, right? Your package is on its way. 98% of people see it. That is amazing. And that should tell us that this is how people want to be communicated with. We talk with our friends that way. Why not talk with companies that way? So check out the State of Local Business Report 2022 by our friends at Podium. Go to Podium.com and you will find their report.
1: Thanks for joining us for another episode of Experience This. You're the best listener ever. And since you listened to the
0: whole show.
1: Yay, you!
0: We're curious. Was there a specific part of this episode that you enjoyed the most? If so,
1: it would mean the world to us if you could share it with a coworker, a friend, or someone that just loves listening to podcasts. And while you're in the sharing mood, if you felt inclined to jump over to iTunes or wherever you find your podcasts and write us a review, we would so appreciate it. And when you do, don't forget to let us know as we might have a little surprise for you. Thanks again for your time and we'll see you next week for more... Experience...
0: Yes.